If you have your Bibles this morning, I invite you to turn to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2. Next week, we're going to start a new series through the book of Galatians. Um, and as we uh, get to uh, this last Sunday of 2023, boy, the Lord has, has sent a lot of blessings our way, hasn't he? Uh, but he's also sent that we've all had various trials. Uh, some have lost somebody uh, through death that was very close to them. Some maybe have had job changes or um, lots of other things, lots of health issues for some of us, uh, and yet through all of those things, what God has proven himself to be faithful, hasn't he? And he's proven himself that he is there, and he is with us, and that is the great reminder of Christmas. Uh, remember that uh, way back in Isaiah, uh, when Isaiah gives us this prophecy of this baby coming that was going to deliver the people from the earth. You remember what his name was to be called? Emmanuel, God with us. And what a marvelous, wonderful reminder of that, that, you know what, yes, Jesus was Emmanuel that first Christmas morning, he was with us. But can I tell you that even on this last day of 2023, He's still with us. He's still God with us, and I'm so thankful for that. Uh, and so we look forward and we think about this next year, because tomorrow when we wake up, the calendar will be fresh. We'll have a whole new year ahead of us. You know, next year... Uh, in January, there's a, a dollar in my office on a little pipe. It was the first dollar given, uh, I, I suppose, to Brother Gore uh, as church. None of us were around here on this time, but some of you came not long after. But it says January uh, 1974, so 50 years ago. Uh, so this year, our church will celebrate its 50th year. And that's an exciting thing. A lot of churches don't make it past one uh, or two. Uh, and so, um, you know, I got to think, what am I going to preach this last Sunday of 2023? And I want to share with us uh, some hope of a blessed year and a year where we will determine together individually and corporately that we will be a renewed because we'll have a new year tomorrow. Wouldn't it be great to have a renewed self to go along with it? I think it would. So let's take a look see what Paul has to say in Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verses 1 through 20. We're going to read all, uh, all this chapter. Verse 1 says, And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, which you once walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit uh, who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, 
and were by nature children of wrath, just uh, as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he has loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised up together and made us to sit in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Therefore, remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called the uncircumcision, by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who are once far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished his flesh, uh, in his flesh the eminity, that is, the law of the commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off, and to those who were near. For through him we both have access by one Spirit to the Father. Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple of the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place uh, of God in the Spirit. So Paul, that lots uh, in this chapter, uh, and boy, we could probably spend five or six sermons uh, just in this one chapter. We're not going to do that today. There's one sermon, okay, and, and uh, probably not six sermons lengthwise. Okay, hopefully not. But Paul tells us here uh, in Ephesians chapter two what it means to be a renewed child of God. He gives us this recipe that we want to remind ourselves of as we look forward and enter in to 2024. Uh, He reminds us of some important things uh, as he writes this letter to the church at Ephesus. And the first thing uh, that he wants us to know and think about is a renewed relationship. A renewed relationship. You know, regardless of what comes this year, what you've been through this year. Some's been good, some's been bad. That's life. But can I tell you that life with God is much better than life without God. 
Now, there are people, there's billions of people in this world that are living without God. And they're plugging along, you know. So, can you live without God? Yeah, you can. But, oh, my friend, it's much better to live with Him. And to know Him. And so, Paul reminds, he said, listen, you, uh, the church at Ephesus was largely uh, a Gentile congregation. There were some Jews there. Uh, but it was a largely Gentile congregation, and he, he reminds me, both of these groups, he said, listen, Gentiles, you once were strangers and foreigners. He said, Gentile, you once were called the uncircumcision. But because of what Jesus Christ did for you by grace, not what you've done by yourself or for yourself, but by grace, as a gift, he mentions twice in this chapter. And you know that when teachers or preachers repeat themselves, it's because they're trying to make a point. And you probably should perk up and listen. Uh, so he, he says that twice. He says, listen, it is by grace that you have been saved. You can't do anything to merit it. It is a gift that God gives to you. But, when you receive that gift, that, and that's all we have to do to be saved, is to receive the gift that Jesus has already bought for us. Thankfully, God takes us just exactly as we are. We don't have to do anything to earn it, to you know, deserve it. If we deserved it, it wouldn't be a gift, would it? And so Paul says, listen, you, by you have been saved by grace through faith. And he goes on in verses 8, 9, 10. It says, listen, even that faith isn't your own. It's a gift too. For God's word says that unless the Spirit of God draws man, man can't come to God. But praise God, the Holy Spirit does work in our life. Even when we're running from God, even when we're not looking for him, he's looking after us. And guess what? Hopefully we find him before it's too late. Now, all of us, will. the Bible says in the book of Revelation, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Everyone will realize Jesus was who he said he was at some point, but for some people it's going to be too late. Because it's going to be in eternity. And in eternity, it's too late to decide. You've got to decide here and now. But if you've made that decision, Paul reminds us, then that means that you have this renewed relationship. That God has declared you new. And that God has declared you His. He said, you once were far off. But because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary, you're brought near. Not because you deserved it, not because you worked hard for it, not because you cleaned yourself up, but because God loved you. And God did it. But friend, Paul wants us to understand that this renewed relationship is a gift 
And it's by grace, but it's something we must receive and something we must keep. Jesus said in John chapter 15, he said, Remain in me and I in you. He talks about how important it is to stay with Christ. And throughout the New Testament, especially, we're reminded of how important it is daily to make this decision that we're going to follow after Jesus. Because, you see, living as a Christian, being a renewed person, is not a one-time decision. Salvation is a one-time decision. You're saved once. And I tell you that once you're saved, you're saved as you're ever going to be. But we grow in the benefit and in the knowledge and in the experience of that salvation, don't we? At least we're supposed to. And so Paul challenges us as he challenged the uh, Ephesian church, understand and remember this renewed relationship, resolve as we enter 2024, that you know what, we're going to continue being renewed day by day by the Spirit of God working in our life, changing us. Because you see, as salvation is a gift from God, sanctification is also a gift. That sanctification, that being made into the image of Christ, becoming more and more Christ-like. Now, we have a cooperating part in that, But really, it's God that does the work. But here's the thing. We have to let him do it. And we let him do that by growing and by experiencing, by coming together for corporate worship. That's part of a spiritual discipline. The book of Hebrews says, Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. For that's the practice of the heathen. The ungodly don't gather together. But God's people gather together. Another spiritual discipline that helps us, you know, is prayer. Reading our Bibles. All of those things help us renew our relationship with God and draw us closer to Him, doesn't it? The more time we spend in God's Word, the more time we spend in prayer, the closer we become to Christ. And the more Christ-like we become. Not because we're earning it, but because we're experiencing him more and more and more. And I tell you, he wants to experience you every day. Boy, it was great getting to spend a few days with our nephews. Of course, my brother and sister and my mother were there too. But those nephews were the... And they're probably watching, so I shouldn't have said that. Pretend I didn't say that. I wish, and I wish I could see all of them, but especially those nephews. The last time I saw my nephew, Ethan, he's about to be 14, he was about this tall. He's this tall. Now, he's taller than I am. And he's only 13, so he's not finished growing yet. In fact, I have a pair of his shoes that he didn't outgrow because he grows so fast. Uh, He had a pair of shoes that or the size that I wore, that he barely wore. And I said, well, do you want to take these? Sh-? And I, so I got the shoes. 
But anyway, I was going with that, get back on track. I wish so much that I could see them every day. Man, I wish I could spend time with them every day. Because I love them, and I want to see them grow up. Of course, Brecken is about to be seven, I think. So he's six. So he was itty-bitty when I saw him. And now he's... But even he's grown. The others just grow out, not up. But uh, that's not quite as interesting. But can I tell you that as much as I want to see my nephews every day, and as much as I'd love to be able to spend a lot of time with them every single day, God wants to spend time with you, and he wants to spend time with me every single day. He wants to go everywhere with us. And here's the reality that we need to understand, is if the Holy Spirit's living inside of us, he does go everywhere we go. And he does everything that we do. And so we better be careful and mindful of what we're doing and where we're going because we're taking God with us. Which leads me to point number two. This renewed relationship that God gives to us as this gift is supposed to result in a renewed behavior. Paul says you better act differently because you are different. So behave differently. He said you used to have you're kind of, you were out in the world, you were living like the devil, you were partying up, you know, doing all kinds of things you know you shouldn't have been doing. And if you're a child of God and you've, you've been given new life, you don't do those things anymore. And I tell you, he's not saying that Christians are perfect. We're not. We still battle sin, and the reality is this side of heaven, we will always battle sin. But the trouble for Christians especially is when we don't battle. We just give in. Well, that's a very dangerous road that leads us away from God and leads us away from that relationship. So Paul says, listen, you used to wander and do the, according to the world. Now you need to live differently. Why? Because you've been saved by grace. In his kindness, he took you where you were and changed you. He adopted you. He made you his child. And he gave you exceeding riches. He said, this is a gift. Lest anyone should boast. But then he says in verse 10, he says, we are his workmanship, created in Jesus Christ. For good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should set them on a shelf and say, oh, aren't they pretty? That's not what he says. He said, God has prepared these good works for us that we should walk in them. Now, he just spent a lot of time. Twice he said, you're saved by grace. It's not of works. But then almost in the next breath, he says, God's prepared these works for you that you should walk in them. Can I tell you, he's not contradicting himself. 
What he's telling us is the reality of the gospel is this, that when God gives us new life and we've received that gift, our behavior, our wants, our desires change. And we no longer want the things of this world. We want the things of God. And so that means, you know what, you may have spent a part of your time on New Year's Eve, that meant getting sloshy drunk and just carrying on and acting a fool. As a child of God, it should not be your idea of a good New Year's Eve. But that doesn't mean you can't party. Listen, Christians, should, we have the best reason of all to party. The thing is, the child of God can party without booze and drugs and uh, things that, that lead you know, to even more sin. The Christian life is not one of doldrums, and you know, we can have fun as children of God. In fact, the reality is we have more fun as a child of God. It's a wonderful thing to be a child of God. But according to world standards, you know, we're not. But the thing is, we don't live according to the world standards anymore as a child of God. We now live according to God's standards. And His are much different than the standards of this world. And so he says, you know what? He said, I have uh, made you and brought you near. I've given you peace. I've given you the salvation. Behave like it. Jesus told his disciples... In the Gospels, he said, you know what? They'll know that you are my disciples by the love that you have for one another. We talked about that a little bit last week. Can I tell you the love that we have for one another and for people that are outside of the church, people that are lost, should be a reflection of the love that God has for us. And it was the love that God had for us that drove him to send his son Jesus to that manger in Bethlehem 2,000 some years ago. And then to a cross 30 years later. Jesus did that, and that gift was given to us so that we can have different behavior. And I tell you that as a child of God, you should behave differently. Again, not perfectly, but differently. And the things that you want and the desires that you have and the things that you do should be different. And if they're not, that means that you're not either. And that's an indicator that you need to get right with the Lord. And that's the great thing about God is that when we do get off course, all we have to do is turn back to Him and He brings us the rest of the way. We see that in David's life in the Old Testament, don't we? David committed murder, adultery, the two big sins. You know, God doesn't degree sin, but we do. And murder and adultery, they're right up there on every one of our lists. If we were to rank sin, murder, and adultery, it would be on the top of the list for all of us. David committed both in one week. Man, he... And yet... 
when God confronted him with his sin, he repented. And God restored him. And if you read David's story, he still had repercussions because of his sin. But the Bible also calls David a man after God's own heart. And he said, God, restore to me the joy of thy salvation. And then, not only is there this new, renewed relationship we need to think about it as being a renewed people, but there's a renewed behavior. And then lastly, there's a renewed home. He said, you know what? We once had this enmity between us and God, and Jesus bridges that gap. But he also bridged the gap between Jews and Gentiles and made us, brought us into one family of God. But more importantly, we once were far off. God's brought us home. And look at what he says, how he ends this chapter. He says, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens of the household of God. Saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all of you are being fitted together, grows into a holy temple of the Lord. You are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. And so he reminds us that we are in the process of being manufactured, to being built, to being constructed into a marvelous home. But a home not filled with stuff, but filled with God. A home, a place where we belong. And a home that welcomes all. Thankful that God's family, that God doesn't, somebody doesn't come knock on his door, and I said, nobody's home, go away. Rather, Jesus said, if you knock, I'll answer. And if you open the door, I'll come in and eat with you. It is a wonderful and marvelous thing to be a renewed person. And can I tell you something? New persons gathered together make renewed churches. And renewed churches build up together the dwelling place of God in the Spirit. And so as we make this determination that 2024, we're going to not sit on our laurels and just say, well, we've 50 years, we've been, that's good, let's, let's just be done. Now it'll be, hey, God's done a lot in 50 years through First Free Will Baptist Church of Pearl, Mississippi, but he hasn't even gotten started good yet. And say, what would the future look like if the Lord should tarry in another 50 years? What will God do with this little church at 2412 Upper Drive? And how many people be impacted and be a part of the family of God because of the ministry of this church? Because some people decide, you know what, we're going to be renewed people. 
we're going to live like God says we're supposed to. When God says something, we're going to trust him. And we're going we're to do what he says. We're going to understand this renewed relationship, and we're going to walk in it, we're going to stay in it. Because we all know that relationships can ebb and flow. God doesn't want his relation, our relationship with him to ebb and flow. He wants it to be constant and close. But the thing is, he doesn't move. He stays the same. So if it's ebbing and flowing, it's not God that's doing the ebbing and the flowing. It's you. And it's me. And the answer to keep it, that relationship from ebbing and flowing is staying near Jesus. But also the reminder that as a renewed person, as a renewed church, that means we behave differently. There's things we do differently. Our priorities are different. Our behaviors are different. Our actions are different. How we treat others should be different. And lastly, this great reminder, listen, we've got a home prepared for us in glory. God's working, building it together. And here's the thing, he uses us to do it. And that's a marvelous and a wonderful thing. Some of you, maybe, did anybody get a bicycle for Christmas this year? Nobody, now, I'm going to tell you, there's a few of you that needed a bicycle for Christmas this year. Uh, but anyway, I, you can, we all know, I shouldn't have said that, and it didn't come out just exactly the way I meant it, but you know what, there is, uh, you can buy a bicycle already put together and it probably looks really, really good. But when you've got a bicycle you know somebody's built for you, can we all just say that's a lot more special? It may not look as fancy and it may not be quite as sturdy. Why? Because somebody that loves you built it. And that makes it special. When I tell you that there's a house that God's building and he's using you to build it. Could he use a master builder? You bet he could. I couldn't. He made this entire earth. He made this world. He made everything in it, including you. He surely could have come up with more efficient, better builders than me and you. They said, you know what? I'm going to use them just to prove I can do it. Why? Because Jesus said it. He, the Bible says this. In weakness, God's strength is made perfect. When we realize how weak we are, we see what God has done through us. And it really wasn't us building it. It was God building it. He just used us to do it. And boy, am I thankful he does that. I hope you are too. So can we make the determination today, you know what, we're going to be renewed people. We're going to be a renewed people that makes up a renewed church. Because we want to see God work in our midst. We want to see God do things not only here on Upper Drive and in Pearl, Mississippi, but around the world. And if we'll allow him, God will let us have a part to play in it.
Will he accomplish it without us? Yeah, he will do it without us. But can I tell you, he'd rather do it with you. But you have to let him. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your goodness and your love to us. Lord, if there's one here today watching on the internet that doesn't know you, they've never experienced this renewed life that we've talked about, would you help them today to by faith receive that gift of salvation? What a great way to end this year, to find new life. But Lord, would you help us that do know you as Lord and Savior to make the determination here today, Lord, we will be a renewed people building a renewed church for a renewed kingdom of God. Oh, Lord, we want to be your hands and feet. We want to see you do marvelous and wonderful things this next year. And we want to be a part of what you want to do in this community and around the world. Help us to be your hands and feet. Draw us and keep us near, Lord, we pray. Let's stand together. We're going to sing this hymn of invitation simply, Search Me, O God. David prayed that prayer. This hymn is actually from uh, Psalm 51 that David wrote. So simply, Search Me, God, and Know My Heart. Would you mean it and would you sing it this morning and would you determine